We'll say welcome to today's daf review. Today's daf Yevamus Gimel. The Gemara began a discussion regarding the order of the Mishnah. Actually, a discussion continued from Beis Amud Beis, where the Mishnah told us that there are fifteen women who themselves are exempt from Yibum and Chalitza, and by extension, exempt their co-wives and their co-wives' co-wives. The Gemara is trying to understand the nature of the order of the fifteen. Why do we start with Bito? So the Gemara at first explains that Bitos learned out from Drasha and Chazal, like anything that's they have an affinity for things that are learned out from the drasha. But then the Gemara essentially goes on to explain that in reality, the structure of the Mishnah is Tana Korve Korve Noket. In reality, what happened here is that the Tana went ahead and began discussing more immediate relatives or immediate Erevas, people who are themselves related to the Yavam, then people who are related to his wife, and then ultimately cases of siblings. Again, interspersed in all of that are a couple of additional cases as well. That's the order of the Mishnah. The Gemara then went on to explain why does the Mishnah employ the Lashon of Potros as opposed to Osros, to which the Gemara explains very beautifully that the, if the Mishnah would have said Osros, you would have thought that any time a woman is a co-wife of an erva, she automatically becomes prohibited to whoever the erva is prohibited. Therefore, again, the Mishnah uses Lashon of Potros to tell us that an erva only disqualifies her co-wife in a yibum setting, but in a non-yibum marital situation, although the erva is prohibited, her co-wife will not become prohibited. The Mishnah then went on and espoused a very important rule, which is kala ola liyibum, Ola lechalitza, v'choshe'ena ola liyibum, e'na ola lechalitza. Yibum and chalitza are two sides of the same coin. Where there is yibum, there is chalitza. Where there is chalitza, there is yibum. Although, again, we will see exceptions to that rule as well. The, Mish- the Gemara goes further in trying to understand why it is that the Mishnah quotes chalitza before yibum. And it is here that the Gemara quotes the idea of Abishol. And Abishol, which we'll spend more time on on Daf Lamites, discusses the idea that in a yibum scenario, chalitza is always preferred. And the reason for that is because, according to Abishol, in order to have a the mitzvah of Yibum, one really has to do so with the purest of intent. And because Abashal felt that that's highly unlikely for most people, therefore he said that Allah Yichalitza is really the preferred method to deal with the Yibum scenario. And that's why, according to the Gemara, the Mishnah quotes the option of Chalitza before Yibum. We then went on to explain that whenever the Mishnah quotes a number, numbers are always meant to include that which is listed and to exclude that which is not. So the Gemara says, what there, the Mish, there's a number that's mentioned twice in the Mishnah. First, in the Mishnah, it says, Chamesh Esrei Nashim, 15. And then at the end of the Mishnah, it has an all-inclusive phrase, Hare Elu, all of these cases. So essentially, the Mishnah quotes the number twice. What does it come to exclude? So the Gemara quotes the cases of Rav and Rav Asi. Again, the case of Rav Tsaras Sota, the case of Rav Asi Tsaras Islandess. The Gemara then goes on to explain again according to Rav and Rav Asi ultimately what is excluded from the Mishnah as well. The Gemara then finally gets to what is the core of this sugya and the core of this Mishnah, namely how do we know halacha that where there is an erva situation, number one there's no yibum and number two that the erva exempts her co-wife and number three that ultimately she exempts the co-wife of her co-wife as well. And a Amazingly enough, all of this is learned out from one Pasuk. The Torah says this is in Vayikra Yudchas Yudchas, chapter 18, verse 18. The, the Torah says, Isha 
Ervasa lo sikach litzra legalos Ervasa aleha bichayeha. The Pasik says, You shall not take a woman and her sister. Prohibition against marrying a sister. So if I marry Rachel, Rachel has a sister Leah, I cannot marry Leah. The Gimar darshins that Pasik making a Xera Shava of Aleha. Aleha, from this case of Achos Ishto, the wife of one sister, to the case of Yibum, to teach me that even in a Yibum situation, even though Yibum is a mitzvah, if Yibum is going to require me to marry the wife of my sister, I am not allowed to do it. And based on that, we create a paradigm. Any time that there is an erva situation, that if committed intentionally, if the infraction committed intentionally, would carry karis, unintentionally, ultimately would carry a din of chatos and is an erva. Any situation like that precludes a person from doing yibum. So it turns out that this entire Mishnah, this entire concept, is really learned out from the case of achos ishto, a wife's sister. Creates the paradigm again for every other erva. How do we know that ultimately, again, that includes co-wives? The, the Gemara says from the Lashon of Litzror, anyone who is a Tzara. How do we know that it comes to include even a co-wife's co-wife? Once again, Litzror, because again, the Torah could have written this word shorthand, but chooses to write it ultimately in the longest form possible, Litzror, essentially telling us that anyone who is in any way maritally tethered to the Erva, ultimately is going to be precluded from doing Yibum with anyone with whom the Erva herself could not do Yibum. Sahaloch Lamaisa turns out from the Gemara that the entire concept of the Mishnah, namely that you can't do Yibum with an Erva and that the co-wife of an Erva, co-wife of the co-wife of an Erva can't do Yibum as well, is all learned out from the Pasuk of Akos Ishto, the prohibition of marrying one's wife's sister. All right, we'll stop over here for today. Hopefully you found this review a little bit helpful. Looking forward to tomorrow's daf.